Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, it's Nancy DiVincenzo. Now back to Willard and Dibs. Take it away, Mark. All right, let's keep rocking and rolling. Sure, we might get to Warriors today. LeBron James? LeBron James. <laughs> Why do you do this to me? I didn't do it. I didn't do it. An, N- an unnamed NBA executive did it. An unnamed NBA executive. You know, what? the first thing I thought of, and this is how my mind works, is I flashed to the Draymond Green quote from last year where he said, oh, I'm going to be there when LeBron James breaks Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time record for yeah. points scored. Maybe Draymond Maybe was right. In a warrior uniform. Honestly, that's what I flashed to. Because Draymond has vowed to be there when that happens. And maybe he's on the court when it happens. Uh, more on that later. But let's, let's get into a heavy football conversation now with one of the best. Um, obviously, a, a lengthy history uh, with, uh, with both of these organizations who come together this weekend. Niners and Seahawks. It's the coach, Mike Holmgren, joining us here on Willard and Dibs in 95.7 The Game. Hey, coach, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good, guys. Good to talk with you. Yeah, great to have you and and your insights on this. Let's start with where everybody's 49er mind is, uh, and and that is the idea of a seventh round rookie uh, taking a, a playoff team somewhere. I, I, should 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 his history uh, be relevant in in this conversation, or is it now, and no pun intended, irrelevant because of the uh, of what we've seen the last six weeks? Well, it's it's remarkable. First of all. Uh, and you got to give credit to the 49ers coaching staff and the young man. I mean, he, he, uh, the expectation level coming into the season for a, a young man who's drafted like that, you know, is low. I mean, it, it's not going to happen. And here he is in the playoffs with one of the fine teams and a projected team for the Super Bowl. It's remarkable. Now, having said that, he, the way he plays and who's around him has made a huge difference. You know, he, uh, if you're a young quarterback wanting to step into that position, it's nice to have those guys around you. It's incredible to have that much talent around him, and he's got a head coach who some are saying is one of the best the Niners have had since Bill Walsh, and I know you were here with Bill Walsh, and he had Joe Montana. When you look at Brock Purdy, do you see some Montana similarities? I'm not saying that he's going to have the same career or he's as good, but in terms of stature and his ability to dissect plays, are there some Montana uh, characteristics in Brock Purdy? 
Well, I think as as much as people want to compare that and, and reference Joe, I think everyone has to put the brakes on just a little bit, you know, because uh, yeah, I think what his success and how he's playing in the game and how he he appears to he doesn't make mistakes, he doesn't get rattled physically. Joe, I think, is a little bit bigger than this young guy, but um, you know, I, I think in being with Joe Montana, I, I have and I had the privilege of being with other quarterbacks as well. It's hard for me to compare people to him because he he was he was unique and special. I think, but having said that, this young guy he's gonna he's gonna make history if he can take care of business here. Mike Holmgren with us here on ninety five seven the game, Coach. I'm I'm curious about this because we've got some pretty uh, pretty big weather that's been running through here, and uh, and it's forecast to do the same on Saturday. And I think fans uh, talk about that a lot. I'm wondering if if that gets talked about in NFL locker rooms. If you were coaching a game and it was going to, and weather was going to to be there, uh, in what way, if any, did that change the way you talk to your team? Well, I think you have to emphasize taking care of the football even more than you normally do because the weather does factor into that. But I always thought if it was a bad weather game and being an offensive guy, uh, it gave the advantage to the offense because the receivers know where they're going. The defensive backs have to react. And so a bad surface or a slippery surface, I thought the advantage went to the offense, first of all. But the biggest thing, it was not so much unless it's just storming. The biggest thing was the wind. And so I don't know what the projections are going to be. I know I have a, my home down there. I check it every day because, you know, it's in Santa Cruz, and they've had a lot of flooding and stuff. It's been crazy. So I don't know what the projection is for, projection is for Saturday. But uh, if it's windy along with the wet stuff, that, that becomes very problematic. And then your running game really has to be going good. Speaking of the running game, Christian McCaffrey, a midseason acquisition. Just how incredible was that for the 49ers to be able to pry him away and add him to this mix? Well, yeah, again, you got to give credit to their front office. John Lynch has done a great job. And uh, when he's come on my radio show in Seattle, I always remind him that he's one of the few players I yelled at when he was playing against me. <laughs> uh, you know, But he's done a great job. And it's hard to imagine being able to pick up a player like that during the season, I, I, it just blows my mind. Uh, you know, if I was Carolina, I would never would have let him go. First of all, but they have him, and he is a gifted, talented guy who can do it all, and has made I think it made a big difference for the Forty ers this season. Hang on, Mike. You yell at John Lynch. What did you say to him when you yelled at him? Well, you know, now I'm old and I'm much more mature than I was then. <laughs> right. But he he'd make a tackle and come in late and hit one of my guys right near the sideline. And so we had we had conversations. And he we laugh about it now, but he was one of the few guys they ever had conversations with. I tried not to talk to the opponent. I could see that and uh you know John Lynch played uh through the echo of the whistle, so to speak, and uh just looking at this rivalry, first time they've met in the playoffs in darn near 10 years, and yet Pete Carroll still chewing his gum, still has his team here in the postseason. What do you make of the job Pete Carroll has done this year with a team that many expected to be a doormat? Well, I, you know, I didn't, I wasn't one, honestly, that predicted them to be a doormat, but I really thought it would be, uh, he didn't want to say it, but a rebuilding year. He has a lot of rookies playing, and, uh, you know, their two tackles were rookies. I mean, that's a tough thing just in and of, of itself. But, you know, then they went six and three, and when they were six and three, I said they're in the playoffs because their next few games are at home. Very difficult to play against the Seahawks in Seattle. Uh, 
and then all of a sudden they went into a little bit of a funk, and but now here they are. So you can't, I can't give Pete enough credit or John Schneider, and it's you know it's like the 49ers that way. You get the head coach and the general manager thinking the same way together not caring who gets the credit for success, those types of things, and then you ultimately can move forward and have a chance at the Super Bowl. Too many teams screw that up. Coach, what's your breakdown of the matchup? What, what kind of chance do you give them? Well, I think it's going to be tough. I think if, if, if San Francisco plays their game, they're a very talented team with a great defense, uh, not to mention a fine offense, but their defense gives people problems. And that's where I think it's going to be tough on the on the Seahawks. But having said that, you know, you guys, I don't know if you remember this, but when I was with the 49ers, we had we wound up 14 and two or something, and we had a first round by Minnesota was the wild card came into San Francisco and beat us in a in a in a horrible loss, you know. And then I was on the other side of that when we went into San Francisco with Green Bay. San Francisco had the first round by. We came in after winning the wild card and then beat San Francisco in 1995. So it can happen in the playoffs, as you guys well know. So I'm not writing the Seahawks off. I'm just saying they got to play their best football against a real fine 49er team. Yeah, the old any given Sunday or Saturday in this yeah. case uh, certainly applies. Philadelphia's got the bye. Mark and I were debating the whole idea of rest versus rust. I know it's good to have a week to get everyone ready, but as a coach, were you always concerned when you had that bye about rust? I, I was a little bit, you know. I, I think it, if you have if you have an injury situation with your team and get the extra week, and that helps that, then it was worth it. Otherwise, if you're playing well, I kind of like to keep the momentum going. But listen, the first round by that's what you play for. You get your team healthy again, and that's really what teams use it for. But then you have to fight the urge. To do too much, you know, it's like going to the Super Bowl. You have the two weeks, and all of a sudden you say, "Okay, uh, the, the teams, your team's ready to play on Thursday." And you go, "Wait a second, we got a few more days here." So you got to time that out and really be very deliberate on how you're going to practice and do that stuff with the week off. Coach, real quick, this may sound like a stupid question, but but how different are the playoffs? I, I think there there are people here that are thinking that suddenly Brock Purdy is is going to become a shell of himself because the lights get brighter. Well, uh, the playoffs are different. I've always said uh, you have four seasons. You have the preseason, you have the regular season, you have the playoffs, and then the Super Bowl, and they're four distinct things. And the it, the levels and the intensity cranks up. It does. It's different. So if you if this is this is the chance now for a young quarterback, he's going to probably experience a little bit more than he did in the times he's played so far, and he's got to be ready for that. He appears to be ready for it, but it is to say it's not different. Uh, no, it it is different. Huh? Yeah. Great. Hey, coach, great to have you this week. Thanks so much. Hey, thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. All right, there it is, uh, Mike Holmgren, who I think shooting it straight about this matchup. I mean, you, look, there, there, there's rain. It's a division matchup. He's it's a it's a defense that's seeing Brock Purdy for the second time. It ramps it all up. I I think that there's a healthy respect, um, even though we've done it. We've talked about the Niners next week already because we're making assumptions. 
the 49ers should win this game. I have a healthy respect for the fact that it's an NFL game, and, and, and we know this. Sure. Right? I, I was in attendance and watched Jarrett Stidham run up and down this defense, although more on that in just a second. Right. So I don't know what's going to happen, but, but he's right. Like I think we said it yesterday. Of the 100 scenarios that could play out, about 94 of them have the 49ers winning the game. I don't have a healthy respect for Seattle's chances to win this game, but it doesn't matter how much respect or lack of respect I have about the Seattle Seahawks and their chances to come in and play on Saturday. The one thing that I do know with a 100% certainty is that the 49ers who will put on the uniform and be on the field at Levi Stadium, they have a healthy respect for Seattle and their ability to come in and win this football game. I know that Kyle Shanahan is not looking ahead to the other possible matchups that the Niners might have in the divisional round and the team's not looking past Seattle in any way, shape, or form. And this is where a lot of times I kind of bristle at the notion of jinxes and like, oh, you guys are looking past so-and-so. Well, yeah, I'm looking past Seattle. I can do that. I'm a fan. I have a 0.00% impact on what's going to happen on Saturday. So I can look past Seattle. I can disrespect Geno Smith. I can debunk Pete Carroll and Kenneth Walker and the rest of the Seattle Seahawks because I can. I'm not playing the game. Well, you and I can even have a conversation, as we have at times, about who the starting quarterback for the 49ers will be next year. Exactly. And people will be like, can we do this year first? We're, we're, we're not doing this year. Exactly. But I'm, I'm, I'm not playing Saturday. Uh, I'll be watching. And, uh, yeah, all of our focus is on this year. And, yes, what happens over the next week to four weeks has a lot to do with what the 49ers do going forward. And, yes, there will be plenty of time for those conversations. But I also don't think you're a human or a fan if your mind doesn't go there sometimes. And, and you've even said this, and I agree. Brock Purdy has probably already, he's already put himself at least in a 50-50 race with Trey Lance this coming off season. Exactly. No matter what happens on Saturday. But with each win... Each week, right? It's like, oh, now he's now he's the probable star. I think he's already agreed the probable agreed. starter. But I think it, he goes into camp next year as the incumbent, and it's up to its incumbent. If I use the word twice, two different ways, it's incumbent it. upon Trey Lance to beat him out next year. But if he wins three playoff games and loses in the Super Bowl, or if he wins two playoff games. He goes in as the favorite, I think, no matter what already. D'Amico Ryan said something fascinating about this defense, which, let's all admit, hasn't quite looked like itself, certainly in that Raiders game. Um, We'll play that for you in just a couple minutes. You're going to want to hear that. But before we're done just talking about the quarterbacks in this matchup, have you also noticed, and I know part of it is veteran versus rookie, but have you noticed we only do this to Brock? Ooh, first playoff start. The lights are going to get bright. Right? Kyle's Eagle fan. You know you're scared. Because he's playing. <laughs> fly, in his Eagles fly. First playoff game. What are you going to do? So I just looked up Geno Smith's postseason resume. How many games, Mark? Seven? <laughs> Eight? Not five? Not six? Not seven? First postseason start. But he's not a rookie, Mark. He's been around the block. First postseason start. Mike He's already Holmgren. gotten the Jordan Poole treatment Mike. from IK and Impala. He got punched in the face. Mike Holmgren just mm-hmm. said it. Four different seasons. Preseason, regular season playoffs, and then Super Bowl. That's it. So, 
Um, you know, look, it's Geno Smith. How many career starts are we talking about? For Geno Smith, I would say 23. Oh, gosh. I ended up on the wrong page here. Oh, boy. That's awkward. I mean, yeah, no, I'm looking at his career resume. Yeah. Go to, and, go to starts. Uh, yeah. GS, game starts. Game sta- G- right? Game starts. 23 is it's my guess. Like, this is like stars in front of I'll it. I'll find I it. it. No, right. I got it. Uh, no, yeah, it just has stars in front of it. Okay, I got it. I got oh, it. God. Career starts. I remember my first time on Pro Football Reference. 62. He started 62 62? 62's career. That games. many? Yeah. G- Geno Smith? Well, he started 17 just this year. I mean, he started 17 games just this year. So that's going to run that number from the 40s all the way up to the 60s. Um, he started three games. He started 51 games. 62 total games, 51 starts. Well, he's got a quarterback record. Of 22 20, and 29. I got 28 and 34. 62. What's your source? Uh, ProFootballReference.com. Yeah, you're looking at the wrong page. I'm looking at the same thing. All right, well, anyway. And point stats, being. Stats, 22 and 29. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Point being yeah. is, yeah, he's a veteran, but... I'm told, I'm told that this is completely different. I'm told that this is the playoffs. I'm told that the lights are bright, and I fully understand there is a dynamic that the pressure's on the 49ers this weekend and not the Seahawks, and that's true. But if we're going to say, hey, we had no idea who Brock Purdy is going to be in these playoffs, it's almost like a whole new human being. Can't we say that for Geno Smith, too? We can in terms of what Mike Holmgren told us, which is there are four different seasons. The pre, which, you know, Brock wasn't great, by the way, in the preseason. The regular, Brock was a non-factor until he became unbelievable, and he might be Offensive Rookie of the Year on the back of six games in the regular season. Then we get to the postseason, and right now Geno Smith... Oh no, Brock Purdy. Oh no. So in terms of Mike Holmgren, who just joined us, and the four different seasons, these guys are dead flat. Even in terms of that, how many guys are making their very first playoff start this weekend? You got Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones, Brock Purdy, Geno Smith, Skylar Thompson, Anthony Brown. Is that it? That would be Is five. That it? Dak has, uh, Tom has, Kirk has, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. Thank you. Six. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert for sure. Justin seven. Herbert. Jeez. Half. That's half seven of 14, yeah. Half of them are making their very first playoff start. Allen, no. Cousins, no. Burrow. He did a good little yeah, run last did, year. Yeah, Burrow. Mahomes, Dak I think he's played. Tommy. Dak. I don't know if Tommy Tom. has. Tom's only <laughs> one. He's, he's won more playoff games right. than all the other quarterbacks have played in combined. Correct. And Correct. I'm, I'm just guessing. Correct. But if you take Mahomes, Allen, and Burrow, I mean, well, even, and Dak, even, even them, and Cousins. Even them. If you, if, you, if you add up, and I saw this the other day, so I'm not going to have the exact numbers in front of me, but if you add up all the quarterback playoff wins that are in these playoffs, these 14 yeah, quarterbacks, yeah. if you add all of them up, there's Tom. He's got 35. Right. But then you, you take Patrick and put Patrick in there as well. And outside of that, I mean, so Burrow, what, how many did Burrow win last year? Two or three? Okay, so he won two. Josh Allen has won two, three. I mean, three. I think three. Yeah, so the Burrow, Raiders, 
Titans, Titans Chiefs. And then Chiefs. Okay, so three I'm saying that total starts right. of the other 13 QBs right. is still not as many as yeah. his wins. The playoff success factor is being a little overplayed. There's Brady, and then there's Patrick, and then there's everyone else. I know Allen and Burrow have gone on runs. Yeah. I mean, Burrow has played one full year in the league before this year. And went on a playoff. But ride. he's been to the bowl. Yeah, so but, but there but my point is a lot of these guys are still young guys. No Although doubt. They're, very, they're all very young guys, right? right? Outside of Tom. Outside of Tom. Dak. Dak's not young. Is um, he even thirty? Dak Prescott? I mean I'd have you look it up, but we don't have that kind yeah, of time. He's, he's, <laughs> yeah, I can yeah. Twenty nine. Uh Dak Prescott. Twenty nine. He's turning thirty look next Next July. Next July. Yeah. All right, check I, this out. So I don't think any of the other QBs are thirty. I mean cousins might be thirty. Cousins I feel like is thirty. Yeah, he's Kyle. definitely thirty. Cousins yeah, what's older up? than I am. Yeah. What's up? But <laughs> wow. I think I think wow, part that, was, of the, that was a shot. The issue with, with Purdy That's is everybody's waiting for the shoe to drop and for him to look like Mr. Irrelevant. Sure. And it's like, okay, well he did didn't in his first start, and he didn't in a short week. And there's all these things that he hasn't. He's never looked like Mister Irrelevant. It's like okay, playoff. Time. It'll be this. That'll do it. Right. And by the way, if he gets to the NFC title game and plays on the road, same thing. Oh, this will be the one. And if he wins that game, okay, Super Bowl. This is different. And then if he wins that game, you're out of bullets. You're now see him do it in the CFL. I, right. <laughs> see him do it twice in a row. <laughs> Anyone can yeah. win one Super Bowl. Yeah, six more to catch Tom. By the way, seriously, here's the fun one. You Good just luck. Said, Kyle just said this. We're waiting for him to look like Mister Irrelevant. What does that look like? I have no idea what that even looks like. This has not happened before. I don't know what this. We've looks seen an like. undrafted quarterback win the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. Kurt Warner. I mean, undrafted. Tom Brady, sixth round. Yeah, we've so, seen it. It We've happens. seen it, but it happens. I think that if, if uh, Brock Purdy would have been taken one pick earlier, if he, let's say the Niners had the second to last pick yeah, in the yeah. seventh round. It's just a garden variety seventh round. It's just a seventh round pick. <laughs> I don't think that we're losing our mind, but now that he's got a name because he's Mr. Irrelevant, which, by the way, is a make-believe thing. It's not a thing that's always been in place. It's, it was a completely a media creation but if he was just a garden variety seventh round pick, are we losing our mind as much as we are because he has this moniker? Um, I don't I, think so. I will say this. I'll answer though. my own question. Yeah, well, I was looking at this uh, to your point. Um, how many quarterbacks in these playoffs were first rounders? That's a great question. It's, I think it's, it's got da, da, da. Okay, go ahead and guess because I'll, I'll, I'll look at this right now. How many quarterbacks totally. are not? It'll be easier to say not. First round draft picks. Okay, Brock is not. That's one. Uh, Skyler Thompson is not. Two. Uh, whoever Baltimore started, right, I can't remember. Three. He's Brown, not. That's three. I know Cousins was not. He was a second rounder. That's four. Uh, Brady was not. That's five. And uh, there's one more. Come well, on. Hurts. There's one more. Hurts was. Uh, no, 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 no. Hertz was not. Hertz was not. I'm sorry, there's two more. Hertz was not. There's still one more. Oh, Mah- Mah- no, Mahomes yeah, was. Mahomes was. Yeah, of course he was. He was late. Yeah, there's one more that you're missing. You're missing uh, one more. Cousins. Daniel Jones yeah, was. Yep, Daniel Jones was seventh overall. Allen was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Herbert Burrow, was. Burrow was. Herbert was. Obviously, Did I Trevor say Geno Lawrence Smith? Was. Uh, you already said Geno. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dak? Dak Prescott. Okay. Dak Prescott. So half? There it is. Yeah, Seven half. of the 14. Yeah, half of them are not first-rounders. And so. we did this exercise uh, a couple weeks ago when I went through every Super Bowl winning quarterback, right. and more than half of those 
came from outside the first round as well. Exactly. All right, you worried about the 49er defense? Like, even, not just Jared Stidham, but but here was David Blau down 14-6 going, I'm going to go right down the field on y'all. <laughs> Make it 14-13. David Blau me. D'Amico Ryan said something yesterday that caught our attention, and maybe if you have 49er defense stress... Maybe this will make you feel better. We're happy to be here now. You know, it's uh, it's weird when you clinch so early, right? It's a little weird. Like you got to still push through these games to try to advance your seating as best as possible. And I think everybody is just okay. We're here now. Now it's time to go. We've been waiting on this moment for a long time. Our guys have worked really hard to put themselves in position to have a chance, and we're here now. And our guys are excited about the opportunity and. They're working the right way. So I'm excited for our guys, excited to see them go play. Fair or foul? Because what he's basically saying is when they clinched the division on Thursday, December 15th against Seattle, sounds to me like he feels like his players lost a little bit of their fire, which is interesting because we're all thinking about seeding. But at that time, the Eagles had the one seed locked up. Pretty much. And the 49ers were going to be no worse than three, and no one's scared of going to Minnesota. Right. So the 49ers are looking at this going like, all right, all right, let's go win these games, but... And it's true, and Washington scored 20, and Stidham scored 34, and David Blau had his moment. But D'Amico is saying, yeah, like defense is all about that juice, you know? It's about that fire. Yeah. And maybe we didn't quite have it because what was really on the line? Not I think much. it's fair. I think it's absolutely fair. However... If you come out and you beat Seattle 41-37 and Geno Smith goes through you like a hot knife through butter. In the rain. and Exactly. <laughs> if the Seahawks go for 500 yards and a 30-burger on your defense, well then, all of a sudden those words don't have the same heft to me. But you look at the way they played, and defense, it takes a lot more edge to play than it does offense. Offense, you're just going out there, you're going to execute, you're going to score. Offense is fun. Defense is work. And to, to really play the defense that this team plays, you got to strap it on, yep. and you got to light people up. And when you already are kind of set and comfortable, it's tougher to play at that level. Here's what I saw in that Raider game. Their offensive line looked like world beaters. Nick Bosa, until he forced that interception with he that was a pressure, non-factor. he was a non-factor, yeah. and was also on the sideline more than he normally is, which speaks to D'Amico's point. I think the 49ers got caught asleep because it was like, A, oh, Jared Stidham's playing. Plus, they watched Raiders tape, and Derek Carr is dinking and dunking. Stidham came out, had time in the pocket, and was going to huck it downfield, which reminds me of the 2018 49ers, who had a secondary that... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever. Or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast only got two interceptions the entire year because they never had a pass rush this whole thing works around the 49er defensive line if they are pressuring a quarterback and stopping the run it makes the secondary that much better it's a secondary that can be had if a quarterback has time. So will Geno have time? Will Kenneth Walker be gashing them the way Josh Jacobs does? I doubt it. I doubt it because, A, there's more motivation. You're going to be playing your best pitch. Everyone's going to be at a full snap count. And if Seattle has one question mark, it's a bunch of rookies on the offensive line. Yeah, their tackles can easily be had. But with this defense, and this is not just this weekend, but going forward, I have two areas of concern. The first one is Diamador Lenore. Teams are picking on him. And the second one is Talanoa Hufanga, Mark. He has shown a yeah. propensity to cheat up and look for the big run-stopping hit. He's been susceptible to play action. I'm not saying Seattle's going to expose either or both, but those are areas to watch. Discipline, absolutely. The postseason begins now, and the road to Glendale is brought to you by Merrill West Credit Union. Working for you today, tomorrow, together. Coming up next, it's Mike Silver who's going to join us. Robert Turbin, former Seahawk and local guy, is a half hour away. We keep marching toward week one of the playoffs right here on Willard and Dibs. Now, back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. All right, let's rock as we continue to move toward the weekend and Thursday, the best day of the week. Part of the reason it's the best day of the week is because we get to talk to Mike Silver. Don't shake your head. Thursday is fantastic. Can you not feel the energy in the room right now? Thursday's fine, Mark. Thursday is a good day. It's better than Tuesday. I like the word fine. It's better than Wednesday. It's better than Monday. To say that it's the best day of the week erodes your credibility like a mudslide on the Santa Cruz Mountains. No, uh, first of all. That's Mike Silver. Let's ask Mike Silver if he thinks Thursday is the best day of the week. Mike, don't you think Thursday is awesome? Part of the reason is you get to come do this conversation. Thursday is great, but I would say this Thursday is particularly good because, A, it's a Friday, and people who cover football or traffic in the NFL know what I mean. Yep. 
Saturday's a Sunday, so this is a Friday. B, uh, I just wrote three columns for two entities over like a 24-hour period, and that seems to be done. And I just recorded a podcast for the volume, and I'm about to do some video for Bally Sports, and then... I'm finally going to exhale and get ready for this game in a more relaxing way. So, yeah, Thursday rock. Let's Look at go. you. But is Thursday yeah. the best day of the week? And Mark, in, in typical journalistic fashion, tried to skirt his own statement in no, order to couch no. it. You're, you'll be exhausted tomorrow night. Fridays are for exhaustion. If you've ever had kids, you know. Like, I got no energy on a Friday night. Tonight, margaritas, Mike. Come on. I haven't grown kids. I can drink with my kids on Fridays if they're visiting. Well, then that, that's different. I haven't gotten there yet. I so. got a couple of those, I'll and I got one <laughs> diapers, Mike. I'll call, so, you, yeah. I'll call you in six years Le- when I get legally, to that. by the way, legally. legally. Yes. yes. I got one of those. Yes, I got a 21-year-old. I can, I can drink with my kids, too. It just has to be like Gatorade or something. But anyway, gotcha. uh, Mike Silver, uh, San Francisco Chronicle. Uh, one of those articles you dropped was about Pete Carroll. Let's talk about the guy who's got such big Bay Area roots, but now is the captain of of the rival, and 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 here he is still going and found a way to make his way to the playoffs. Like, what makes him special, and and what kind of uh, what kind of coaching matchup is this one this weekend? Well, you know he's the pride of Green Bay, Green Bay and Redwood High. First of all, so a lot of Bay Area cred. Um, yeah, you know, I go back to a year ago, like almost exactly a year ago, I was reporting that Pete Carroll and General Manager John Schneider were awaiting their fate. They were going to meet with owner Jody Allen. They didn't know what was going to happen. Nobody really knew. And some people thought, well, this will be it. You know, Pete, he was 71 at the time. Uh, you know, they're possibly looking at a major rebuilding project, going to get potentially trade Russell Wilson, which they did, got rid of Bobby Wagner. You know, it does... 71-year-old Pete Carroll, for all his energy, want to do that? Will the owner want him to, et cetera, et cetera? Um, They kept him. They traded Russell, and everyone in America, including me, was like, oh, okay, well, they're going to suck, and it's going to take a while, and maybe he'll get it back again. And I had the same thing happen in 2017. I went up there for NFL Network, covered a Rams-Seahawks game late in the year. It was a changing of the guard game, the Rams killed him, won the division. I reported that Richard Sherman, Michael Bennett, Cliff Averill, Cam Chancellor, they were going to clean most of it out, and uh, I figured 2018 would be a disaster. They made the playoffs. So I'm like, I'm not going to get fooled again. You know what? I am. This team will <laughs> suck. One guy, as far as I can tell, one human was like, nope, we're going to be good. It'll be fine. That human, of course, is Pete Carroll. I, I said in my column, he's the guy in a flash flood, clinging to a branch, giddily screaming, this is going to be great for the drought! (laughs) So, uh, in this case, his optimism, uh, you know, was spoken into existence, and uh, here they are, Geno Smith is a pro bowler, they've got four rookies uh, who are huge impact rookies, two offensive tackles, the running back Kenny Walker, and a Pro Bowl corner in Tariq Woolen. And, yeah, the Niners have beaten them twice and haven't been particularly tense games for Niner fans, but I think you always got to worry about what Pete might have up his sleeve and whatever happens to them on Saturday. This has been a triumph, and uh, the power of positivity wins again. Like you said, far better than anyone had expected outside of, of Pete Carroll himself. So in order for this to 
project out for more than just a couple more days for Seattle. What do they have to do? What has to go right for them to prevail on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, I think you need. We've seen flashes of it in the two games against the Niners, and you know, it's easier said than done against a team as good as the 49ers are. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to suggest that I think the Seahawks are going to win this game because I think it's all there for the taking for the Niners. They are in great, great, great shape uh, heading into this postseason. But um, you know, they scored seven points in that first game, Seattle. For those who don't. Uh, remember, that was the game Trey Lance got hurt. The way they scored was a blocked field goal return for touchdown. So they do weird stuff like that. We saw Richard Sherman do that in Seattle against the Niners back when both teams were really, really good, um, you know, in the Harbaugh era. Um, you know, they had another chance to score in that game and they ran what Shane Waldron, the offensive coordinator, has joked about it with me since, but he's like, I, I called my worst play ever, which was they put like three or four running backs in at the same time. They had one try to throw for a touchdown to the other, and it was uh, horribly conceived and intercepted. So, you know, they've had moments where they've done some cool things against the Niners. They've had other moments that they've left on the table, but they're going to have to play one of those games where they're really on point, all of that goes right, and then maybe, you know, it's weird stuff happens, and a lot of weird things have happened in a lot of Seahawks games over the years that 49er fans hmm. understand, because before this year's sweep, they had lost 15 of 17 and 17 to 20, and, uh, you know, it's not all Russell Wilson. So we know um, it's going to be raining, it could get weird. It's kind of like what I always say at Cal games when, you know, this year we were losing the big game, and by we, I mean I'm a proud alum of the University of California. And, uh, you know, Cal did not look particularly good, not that Stanford was, was a bunch of world beaters. And I finally just declared in a group with a bunch of nervous friends, Tell me, we, this needs to get weird. This game needs to get weird for us to be happy. And uh, thankfully it did. And, uh, you know, I think the Seahawks are kind of in that same mode. Like, they they got to play really well. they got to have things go their way. But they, they probably need some weirdness to happen. And, you know, if you're a 49er fan, you're like, well, we're better. We should win. But we don't want that sick feeling in the playoffs where all of a sudden your entire season could be on the line before you realize it and weird, weird things are happening. Yep, no doubt. Some of us, I think, almost expect it when it's uh, when this is the opponent. Mike Silver, the Chronicle, uh, the volume is with us here. 95-7, the game, Willard and Dibs, as he is every single Thursday. I know another one of your articles is focusing on Brock Purdy, and, and we're, all, we're all enamored. We're all trying to figure out, is it real? Is it imagined? Is it somewhere in between? And I wonder, in, in your conversations with him and going a little deeper, what, what really stood out about him and this story? Well, to borrow from an old Seinfeld episode, I would say it's real and it's spectacular. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I, I, first of all, I do think it's real. Um, that's not to say that he's not going to have lumps, and we all know that he could have a terrible stretch or game in him, and you hate to think that could happen now because you can't afford that, but, you know, he's passed a lot of tests, and he's obviously got a really, really good operation around him, and he knows that. Um, you know, uh, one of the things we talked about was just, you know, he's not buying into the whole storybook thing because he's like, look, these guys around me have worked so hard to get to this point, and now 
and they've helped me succeed, and I'm just thinking about them and not letting them down and being the best I can be for them. And I think that's a healthy attitude, especially for a rookie, and a rookie whose swag and confidence stood out even before he got on the field. We get into that a little bit. We get into uh, you know some of the things in his past that, that helped prepare him for that, including going through... As a little kid in 2008, I think he was eight years old when the housing crash happened and his parents were affected in a big way, like millions of other Americans. And, uh, you know, he didn't really know what was going on at the time, but he kind of had to, to go through that, uh, went through some stuff in the college recruiting process. And, uh, you know, when he showed up with a lot of swag, he, he definitely, uh, turned some heads. And there's a very funny anecdote in there about, he and Fred Warner, who, by the way, is like his biggest cheerleader since, you know, the early days. But Fred Warner, he got Fred Warner mad one day in practice uh, during the season, and they just kept going at it. And so I think 49er fans will be entertained, and I think you'll come away from the column thinking, you know, this guy may have what it takes to to get it done these next four games and beyond. Now the proof will be in the pudding in these next four games. If they make it through all four, then certainly the narrative will change. You mentioned Fred Warner. The defense has looked a little bit more pedestrian over the last couple of weeks. Do you think it's because of what D'Amico Ryans was intimating, that the motivation wasn't necessarily there, or have other teams maybe found a soft spot in what they're trying to do defensively? Yeah, I mean, we're all wondering, right? I mean, I think it's human nature to not be dominant when you know you, on some level, you don't have to be. And it's a testament to the coaches and to D'Amico Ryans and obviously Kyle Shanahan um, and to the players that they were able to stay on point uh, at the end of the season. But I, I don't know. I look at these, you know, since they clinched in Seattle, I look at the way the end of the season played out as a huge positive for them. Um, you know, yeah, they gave up some plays and all that, but let's look at the positives. Okay, first of all, um, we know that if a ball is hanging up forever in the deep in the secondary, uh, unlike last year, and I know it's too soon for a lot of Niner fans to quit guitar at NFC Championship game, we know that Tayshawn Gibson three times in the last two weeks has had a chance to take that easy-looking interception and return it for big yards. Um, he's three for three, so I think that's a good sign. Um, and I think more globally, you go look. Um, they think about where they were in the you know back-to-back losses to the Falcons and Chiefs, health-wise. So many impact players with so many issues, and really fears about McCaffrey, who was newly acquired, holding up. And they are. Yeah, I can't. I just can't believe how healthy they are. They you know Debo came back, Mitchell came back. Uh, you know, Trent Williams went through his thing early in the year. Yushik went through his thing. You know, they've got a lot of really, really good players who are mostly healthy. Greenlaw is going to try to come back from that back injury. I talked to him this week. Yes, he's in a lot of pain. He does not believe he could have played last week if he needed to, but he also was like, I can do it four times. I can, it's going to suck, but I can fight through that and do it four times. And he's, fully prepared to. So I, I just think they're in a great spot. They've got confidence. They've, they're in a rhythm. They, uh, they're well-rounded. They're healthy. 
and uh, they do seem well positioned to take those meatball interceptions when need be. So, <laughs> um, yeah, they gave up some yards and points. I, I, I thought they snuck in and still won the defensive yardage title, and they're also the number one scoring defense, which I think is even more important. So we know that they can be dominant. They may not always be dominant, but I think that offense is going to work in tandem with them uh, come playoff time. Mike, you had me at meatballs, and uh, we uh, we appreciate you always, and thank you so much, and enjoy the rest of the best day of the week. All right, man. Saturday's going to be fun, and next Thursday, if, if things go well for the Niners, we will be talking about uh, another matchup. Yes, we will. Yes, right, we will. Mike, thank yeah. you, sir. Gosh, I mean, that actually, more there. I hadn't thought about it that way. If the Niners don't win, uh, then then are, are, are we even talking to Mike next Thursday? I didn't realize that that was on the line. Oh, my gosh. We will That's talk to stressful. him about a season recap. We would have to trade Trey Lance next Thursday. <laughs> uh, what was the thing I sent you from the Indianapolis Colts? They give somebody a blue dot or a blue check. Or a, blue a blue card, yeah. A blue card. That's yeah. what it is. They give you a blue, and this is courtesy of, uh, of uh, Brian Peacock, who does some 49ers work. The Indianapolis Colts had given Trey Lance a blue card. As a draft grade. Now, blue card in Indianapolis means, now that's that dude. That's the guy that checks every box in terms of his play, in terms of his brains, in terms of who he is as a person. If you get a blue card from an Indianapolis Colts scout, that means, oh my God, we want that guy really bad. And Trey Lance had a blue card. Now, it's a conversation for another day, no, no matter what. But if we're going to sit here and talk about this next four weeks and what it means for Brock Purdy's future, you darn well better believe that at some point there's a scenario in terms of how this all plays out where in the offseason the potential of Trey Lance trade talks, I guarantee you other teams will call. Sure. Just put it that way. They'll yeah. call. And I wonder what you might get in terms of the compensation that you already expended no idea. to get Trey Lance in the first place. You're not getting three first-round picks. No, I don't even know if you're getting so you, one. You spent three first-round picks to get the pick to take Trey Lance. So you know you're not going to get the same compensation that you spent to get Trey Lance in the first place. So will you even get one first-round pick? I don't think you'd even get one first-round pick for a quarterback who hasn't proven anything and what he did show, the tape that's out there on Trey Lance is yeah. not great tape. He doesn't have great tape out there. Might, might, might get a late one. I don't know. I mean, he might get a two. Very, very, as we've said, very big number of quarterback needy teams. Right. So if you are, uh, the Colts, a quarterback needy team, and you blue-carded Trey Lance, and you look at maybe acquiring Trey Lance versus... Having a pick in the top 10, I believe, the Colts do, and going out and getting your own rookie quarterback uh, on whom you would have a four-year control with a fifth-year option. So if you acquire Trey Lance, you've only got two years of Trey Lance, really one year of Trey Lance, before you have to decide whether or not to pick up his fifth-year option. So you'd better love Trey Lance and be able to get him for something less than a first-round pick if you want to make that deal. Yeah, fair, fair point. Colts have the fourth pick in oh, the draft. Oh, there you go. So there will be, there will be QBs, good QBs, yeah. available, or at least players we think Stetson will be good. Stetson Bennett. Yeah, <laughs> Stetson, will, Stetson will be on the board. By the way, uh, speaking of uh, all of Mike Silver's optimism with where the 49ers sit right now, we played this earlier, yet there's more to it. Listen again to Nick Sirianni, head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, talk about how Jalen Hurts felt 
after playing last week's game against the Giants. You know, Tim, he, he came out of that uh, of that game a sore because you know it, it's it's still healing, right? And like we didn't feel like we were putting him at any more risk of of getting more injured, but we knew it was going to hurt him like hell, and he knew it was going to hurt him like hell. But that's the kind of uh, player he is. That's the kind of teammate he is. He fought through it because um, it, it was important for him to be out there, and he knew it was how important it was to him and his teammates for him to be out there. You want to know what that comment did? Move the spread. Damn right. Damn right. So, ladies and gentlemen. The look-ahead line. Welcome to your NFC favorites, the San Francisco 49ers. Based on that comment. I mean, what else would have moved it in the last 24 hours? They like, were co-favorites uh, they yesterday, were. depending on what book you're looking at in terms of odds, the future's odds. San Francisco 49ers are now the third favorite in the entire NFL behind only the Chiefs and the Bills. And actually... And this is according to... Uh, I have betonline.ag. Bet online. Yeah, betonline.ag. Because I know that we were going back and forth. Like, Caesars had it one way. Right. BetOnline had it another. All the different books. FanDuel and all the rest Right, of them. except for they all kind of had them as different variations of plus 500 and plus 550. Exactly. They're kind of back and forth. Well, the Niners are now up to plus 475. Okay. And the Eagles are still holding strong at plus 550. So, yeah, it bounces them back a little bit, but that's actually a pretty significant lead, uh, $75, if you will, lead for the 49ers in terms of uh, how big of a favorite they are over the Eagles now. And there's nothing that happened in the last 24 hours other than those comments. And they are significant because it's not, it's not just, oh, he was hurting after the game. He uses the phrase, he's still healing. Well, if he's still healing... He is not, he's now played, like, this injury was a month ago. This is a month ago. So when you get to a month-long injury, to me, that's sort of the line of where you're like, dude, this is a significant injury. So it, it, the idea that even, and where are we now? It's Thursday. The Eagles will play in either nine or ten days. Right. Um, the idea that this is just going to be perfect health by then I think not. Well, you know, Mark, at this time of year, no one's 100%. Well, that's, sure. the old, that's the old adage. Right, but, but, a, but a in terms of a quarterback throwing arm yeah. Yeah, and where he is versus like Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy's not 100%, but he is, he's a lot more healthy now than he was four weeks ago when he was fighting through that midsection injury. So in terms of Jalen Hurts and where will he be in nine days from now, you would imagine he'll be healthier nine days from now, but if he has an injury, if he's not just hurt, there's being hurt and then there's an injury. If you have an injury, you can only get so much better without having a surgical procedure or a real long time to shut it down and have it get better. So he's only going to get so much better before he has to actually go out there. You know, if, if your brain works sort of like a TV exec, what, what would you love to see these playoffs look like? I mean, my guess would be the scenario that a TV exec would love. Sure, the Eagles 49ers matchup in the NFC title game would be great, but I don't think that's as good as it can get. I think the obvious scenario, the way this plays, Vikings win this weekend, 49ers win this weekend. Vikings will come to San Francisco next Saturday. 
and you'd like, if you're a TV exec, you'd like the 49ers to win that football game. Eagles-Cowboys on, other on side the other the, one. No, I disagree. I think Bucks eagles in the other game with Tom Brady winning and the NFC Championship being at Levi's Stadium with Tom Brady in his own backyard going against the guy that they're saying could be on a Tom Brady-style track, the sixth-rounder versus the seventh-rounder. One of them is twice the other one's age in their backyard that as a TV exec, that's what I would root for. Not bad. I, I also think that Dallas and the Niners would probably be the second choice if you were a TV exec yeah, ahead of the Niners at Philadelphia. Oh, I was going to say that can't be the NFC title game, but it can. Sure, right. it can. Yeah, yeah, it can. Sure, it can. Yeah, and it can. I think especially with the catch happening, the catch yep. anniversary, which was uh, yesterday. And by the way, the NFL has released the venue for the AFC Championship game if it will be played on a neutral field. Let me guess. Let me guess. Take a guess. I'm going to go Atlanta, Georgia. Correct. Yeah. Atlanta would host the Chiefs and Bills. It would be a 3.30 Pacific time, 6.30 Eastern. So we do know that the NFC Championship game is going to be the first the game. early one. It's the early game yeah. Sunday uh, January 29th, if it's Bill's Chiefs, it'll be at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Okay, by the way, is that game time only if it's Bill's Chiefs? Or what if what if they're, what if if they're it's different teams? I'm reading the ESPN piece from Elena Getzenberg, and she wrote the game would take place at 6.30 Eastern time. So I'm imagining that no matter what, the game would be at 6.30 Eastern yeah. time. So okay. if it's Niners at Philadelphia, that game would be at noon. probably... No, it's a noon kick no matter where it is. Noon here, 3.30 yeah. Yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if it's in Philadelphia or it's here or the Niners aren't involved in it at all. Maybe it's um, in Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's the only place it couldn't be. That's the only place it could it not couldn't be. couldn't possibly that be. That is yeah. exactly right. All right. Robert Turbin has been on the show a couple times already this year, and he's a ton of fun. And he's a local guy, and he knows the Seahawks and the 49ers in and out. He's going to join us next. And still ahead on the show, boy, there's some interesting questions that came out of Carlos Correa's press conference yesterday and some interesting words that came from an NBA exec about LeBron James and the Warriors. All of that is still ahead. Stay with us. 888-957-9570 is the number. Xfinity Mobile text line, Twitch, and YouTube all available to you right here on Willard and Dibs. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.